Hello and welcome to part two of the Giant Pod with Jake Blackmore, aka MC Binbags of the fantastic band Binbag Wisdom. In this part, we're going to go through their new album, Crud Life, track by track. We're going to talk about what these tracks mean to Jake and we're going to talk about the inspiration behind them. If you haven't heard part one of the pod, it might be a good idea to go listen to that. If you have listened to part one of the pod, welcome to part two. Here we go. performers we've all got a bit of that yeah. going on as well yeah absolutely and and sometimes you just you know i just want to make sure people know how impressive i am so <laughs> the, the possibility now to really spell it out for people is is an absolute boon yes indulge in my genius uh yeah so we'll we'll go through crud life track by track yeah, and it That'd i'm not expecting every one of them to have some sort of incredible sure fleshed out backstory of harrowing tragedy and and you know <laughs> yeah, epiphanies cool. and, and whatnot. I mean it's called crud life man. It's about <laughs> it's about mundanity more than anything. <laughs> <laughs> so right, we start off the album, we've got track one, we're on Mario. Mario. See, yeah, Mario was a tune. I mean the lyrics are pretty honest in that one. I was working as a factory well, I was working in a plastics manufacturing factory and the manager there said to me like do you know what mate i think you're actually going the right way to become foreman so i don't know if you're interested but we could promote you to foreman and that made me say actually i'm gonna quit now because i don't want to be the foreman of a plastics manufacturing company thank you very much i think i'll leave instead so that was just a song that um i was writing at the time about you know, just the idea of um, of of business and I suppose just work that I didn't fucking want to do, but you have to do. You know, and that's fine. That's just that's just the way life is. But it, it interests me. It's something I often think about because it's, it's it's so much about how people define themselves, and I think that's a huge mistake. But it's inevitable. It's inevitable living here, especially living in the way that we do in the society we live in, where. You know that what what do you do? That means how do you make your money? And it's like it doesn't fucking matter. But when you start to feel like it matters, it's important to reassess, I think. And I think that's what I was thinking at the time. I think I thought this is starting to define me. This is like forty hours of my week sanding huge panels of plastic. Mm. And that's not how I want to look back at my life. Yeah. Yeah, and it was just um, you know, business is a mandible biting down and crushing the plenty it just it, that line to me was just about like we're get we're getting chewed up by this thing man whatever it is this this way that we live we're getting chewed up and um i'm not getting rich out of it someone is yeah <laughs> so that's what that song is about for me and it's only called mario because i wrote that little riff in it and it just sounded like a little like a mario like the background 3. music of a yeah, yeah exactly like, yeah cool call it mario but that's something i sort of it's weird the penny dropped for me like probably far too late later than it should have is that when you say you know who do you work for you're literally mm. working on behalf of someone so yeah. they're not yeah you're making someone else's money yeah. and you're paying for their house yeah. yeah. 
And that, that, that occurred to me within the last few years. Like, you know, when we have all these phrases we take for granted and we don't really truly think about what we're saying sometimes. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I was like, my existence is pinned upon someone, you know, someone else's grace yeah. and also that I'm, I'm kind of there to sustain their lifestyle. Yeah, sure. Sure, man. It's not. It's not a nice feeling, you know. Like when you when you realize that, and when you think, like, actually, I'm giving up so much of my time for the majority of the time, essentially minimum wage. You mm. know, are the kind of are the kind of jobs that peers of mine work in. No, no one I know at my age is really making bank. You know, like, and I don't know if that's just the circles I run in or what it is, but it's it's a frustrating life, man. It's a it's a frustrating place to live, and um, yeah, I, I feel that a lot. I feel that a lot. I really like the line in there. It, it sort of resonated with me. It's like now, is it now I'm working for the man, and, and that makes my dick soft or something. What's the- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and now the rent's late, and now I'm pissed off, and now I'm working for the man, and that's enough to get my dick soft. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. We're going to move on. This next song is called "Song About a Girl." <laughs> yeah, man. Fuck, I love that song. Uh, that's a jam, eh? That was um, uh, that was actually a song about a girl that I wrote. <laughs> a woman, a woman girl. I have, I went through a um, I, I mean, a lot of this album for me is it's about understanding myself within the realms of love and relationships, and it's understanding myself within the realms of career and how I define myself by that situation, um. And and both of those things come together to be about how I communicate and how my mental health is around those things. And, they, you know, these are all situations and and uh, conversations that are very important to me and that, and that keep cropping up in my life. And, um, yeah, that was a song about... I basically had come out of a relationship and I think I was looking for something... Uh, I, I was just looking for something, really, because that's how I defined myself at the time as someone that was in a relationship. I've been in this relationship for four years, and I came out the other end of it and didn't really know what to do with myself. And yeah. Um, so, yeah, you know, just uh, had a nice time with a lovely woman and found it all very confusing. <laughs> yeah, because that happens because I've you know, I've been in a relationship this four four years long, and when you mm-hmm. get out of it, you're like. Oh, I'm solo. Yeah. And it's been so long. I mean, the, yes. the time that I was in that particular relationship was like 16 to 20. So like the crazy, crazy years of growth, right? Absolutely, man. Yeah. And yeah. it's like, I sometimes wonder what my life would have looked like had I been Jack the I Lad mean, yeah. during those years. <laughs> it, would, it would probably be the same. <laughs> it would end up at you the know. same place, probably. Yeah, something else would have happened, man. There's, yeah, but I, th- I think, you know, it's, it's valuable. It's val- I, I look back at that relationship. You know, that, that relationship was painful at the, at the end, especially, but fucking hell, I'm so glad that it happened and I'm so glad that it ended because yeah. those situations are what, are what make you grow you know yeah. and even this the situations afterwards where like in this song i was getting into maybe some foolish situations with women to try and redefine myself or re-understand myself or see how i fit in as a sexually viable member of society you know yeah. and like in hindsight that was like that was that was such a, a um a process of growth for me as well yeah so it's you know you got you got to fucking just sit back and enjoy the ride basically it's all it's all going to happen to you one way or another yeah, I think true that. 
Um, mm. I've said this before on, on this podcast. I said, I think I said it earlier in the week um, on another one. It, it is that you know you learn after every one, and every relationship is different. John, I think yeah. I think sometimes we can think that they're all, all basically the same, but they're different. And people, everyone is different. And exactly, by, and, and yeah, like like I've had the same. You had painful moments and moments at the end mm. of it where you go, you know what? Don't want to be. Don't want to do that again. Yeah, do you know what I mean, that. <laughs> don't want to get, in, but not like Basically. don't want to be with anyone again. But like, don't want to, don't want to be in down that path again, or end up in. Yeah, that. yeah. I think it's you know, I think it's important to to reflect and not come out of something like that. And I and I don't just mean like romantic relationships, but just relationships in general with anyone and any kind of big life event that happens to you. It's important to take some time and reflect and think like what what happened there that made me feel absolute shit, and what happened yeah. there that made me feel real good because those are the moments I want to experience. Yeah. You're going to experience both. That's the that's the fact. You're going to have the real shit, and you're going to have the real good. But if you can if you can understand a bit about how you're feeling when the real shit happens and why it happens, maybe you can avoid it. Yeah, and we also, as you know, men, or you can say as humans, for the for the ladies listening, we also have to take a a moment and think about what our role in the demise of that relationship was, and we have to think about and be honest with ourselves. Oh, 100%. Yeah, hundred percent. I think I think that's that's way more important. You know, it's all too easy at the end of a at the end of any kind of interpersonal situation to look at the other person and go like, if only you could see, or if only I could explain to you what I'm seeing here that was the damaging thing that you did. It's so easy to to mm. do it like that and feel hurt and feel let down, but it's irrelevant what what they did. You know, I I think I think it doesn't matter. Maybe maybe it's important to explain that to them so they can understand, but. I don't think so. I think the important thing is to see how you've handled that situation. Yeah. People are going to act how they're going to act. And, you know, if, if you if you take offense to that or if you get hurt and eventually destroyed by that, all that's happened is you've been destroyed, my friend. <laughs> so I think yeah. it's important to look at your, like you say, look at your role within, well, within life. You know, it's important to reflect all the time. Yeah. And I, I'm so sick of hearing about, I mean, I haven't heard it for a little while, but it's so prevalent to hear someone at the end of a relationship or someone talk about an ex-partner and go, oh, she's a psycho or he's a psycho. Yeah, totally. You hear so that you, all the time. Yeah, we're all psychopaths. <laughs> so right? is everyone, you know, in their own unique little ways. I'm a psycho to someone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and I, whenever I hear that, I just think to myself, well, I mean, I feel like you're just sort of shifting all responsibility. Yeah, it's an easy, it's a cop-out. It's a cop-out thing to say, I think. So yeah, they're nuts, mate. They are absolutely nuts. It's like, well, yeah, maybe. So what? Yeah. <laughs> We're yeah. all a little nuts. Doesn't mean they don't deserve love. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So we're going to move on to the next track. This is WRDS, which I'm assuming means words. words. And it's one of words. my favourite. Um, words and Inky Heart might be my two favourite on, on the album. I, I think me too. I think me too, man. Yeah, cool. Yeah, Words is a big one for me. I wrote, I wrote Words like maybe three years ago. And this was like the start of my journey to... Um, I struggled a lot with uh, expressing myself... Uh, which, which might sound counterintuitive as, as like the writer and frontman, but actually to express myself conversationally when it mattered was just totally out of my ability. I didn't have that skill set. And that's why a lot of relationships I've had have, have broken down, you know, or, or friendships have, have broken down because 
I'll be pissed off about something or I'll be hurt and upset by something and just like be totally unable to express that yeah. um, coherently. And so I wrote this song, Words, because I just had this this crusade I was on at the time where I was just like, I need to just say something. I need to get it out, even if it's very imperfectly formed, even if it basically doesn't mean anything. Yeah. <laughs> at least I've said it and at least I've uh, you can feel that pressure uh, lift. So um yeah I think I think that was a song that was about I, I suppose in a way it was about the way that I use music to that effect and the way that I write lyrics to that effect but really it was about just attempting to do that in in life and just have a bit more clarity and a bit more communication with everyone because it's it's so important yeah it's so important to communicate even if it's even if it's like Andy you have pissed me off with what you've done you know you've hurt me and you've made me feel small and ashamed mm. that's not that's not a comment on you that's a comment on on how i'm feeling and i'm just expressing that right and you hope that people in your life can go oh interesting i'm really sorry you feel like that you yeah. know <laughs> and that's kind of all you need because now i've said it and and i can move on and it's not up to you to fix me but it's it's up to me to share i think it's up to people to share that's there's there's wisdom in that I feel that might be beyond our years, and it's it's good to hear. Maybe beyond yours, dude. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 29. I'm ready for anything now. <laughs> Come at me. Yeah. yeah, I think that's because if you don't express these things, then what they turn in, they go inwards, and they become they fester, and then the, and then and then this is how you end up with with, with like relationships and stuff where. You, you think, oh my God, why, why are we always bickering? And it's just, mm. I think it's just because you've sat on things, sat on things. Totally. And there's this, all these unresolved little grievances that totally, may not have been yeah. big deals when they happen, but because you've sat on it. Yeah, they become complexes and they become baggage, basically. I mean, I, I, I medicated this situation by smoking weed all day, every day from when I was 17 to when I was 23. You know, like that, that entire chunk of my life was a blur because I couldn't handle the emotions. I didn't want to handle them. But the problem is when I stopped smoking weed, which was, yeah, about 23, maybe 24 properly, I then had to deal with all the things, all my insecurities that I had when I was 17, (laughs) you know, all the things Uh. that I was like hiding away from for so long. I had to go back and pick up those wounds and like assess what was going on in there. And it's way easier to just do it at the time, basically. <laughs> that was pain, you know. That was a painful couple of years, where I was like, "Shit, am I depressed? Do I have anxiety problems?" Yeah, absolutely. But I just never, I never looked at that before, and I never acknowledged that. I ignored it. So right, we're going to move on now to my yeah. favorite um, of the album, Inky Heart. Oh, it's good, isn't it? It is good. good. It is good. I was stroke that ego. It is good. Thank you. I'm so proud of that. That was another another song about um a, a tryst that I had where um I, I think I started to realise about about someone or even a couple of people that I was seeing at the time that a lot of what they were about was just uh defining themselves by their sexuality and defining themselves by the love that they felt from others. Yeah. And I think that in turn led me to sort of realise you know, why am I looking for something? Why am I? Because that's the same. I was defining myself by my relationships with women at the time in a, in a big way, feeling very lost and feeling very like, oh, that might heal me. That might make me feel better. It was this idea that an individual would just like acquire love from external sources until, 
you know, there's no real connection. And it was just, I mean, the imagery I had in my head was that, you know, you can, you can devote yourself to someone. And, and I was, the, the, I write my sonnet on your wall was about like, look, I'm here and I want to tell you that I care and that I, and I'm into this, but their heart that where I'm writing the wall was already covered in ink from all these other trick ass fuck boys, you know? Right. So that was, that was what that was about. Really. It was just about like, I don't know. I, I, it's hard actually looking back to, to think exactly what I was going through, but I, I guess it's just about defining yourself through love and not, not finding anything there, not finding anything through other people's love. Comes down to like validation, doesn't it? Yeah. It's insecurity, man. It's, it's like looking for validation. And the digital equivalent of that is stuff like Twitter and Instagram where you know someone someone can get uh you know they can put a picture up of of them in some uh, you know in uh, with their booty out and get 500 likes and it feel great that evening um and they feel good about themselves but then guarantee a few days later they're sort of looking for that like can you just can you just tell me with your likes that I'm yeah exactly I'm man. worth something Exactly that. I think there's a lot, you know, it's so easy to do that now. It's so easy to get instant gratification. And if you feel lonely and upset and sad, you know, you just go, you just go and you go through the list and you text the people that are going to make you feel good or you put a picture online or, you know, you call an ex or whatever because you just want to feel like someone else cares Mm. because you're not caring about yourself right now. But I think it's important to try and find, uh, find that care in yourself, basically. Yeah. And that's what that song was about for me. I think it was about it was about someone else. It was about me feeling vulnerable and me putting myself out there and in return finding that other people were only in it for their own gratification and then maybe that maybe that was what I was doing as well, you know. So you so, so almost cancelling each other out. Yeah, absolutely. It's just like people running around blindly looking for love in this fucking grotty city I live in just because yeah. it gives you a bit of definition, you know? Hoping like the next these... one will, you know, make Yeah, you... hoping the next one will complete me. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It, it, None it, of them do, man. It's tragic, but it's not, <laughs> it's not uncommon, and it's, and it's not rare. And I think everyone goes through a, a bit of that, I think, especially in this modern age. Yeah, I think so. I think so. I mean, there's such a narrative here of, you know, that we grew up with that was, you know, love is love is a marriage and it's and it's two people and it's and it's not it's monogamous and it's it's lifelong and it's like i think that narrative is is damaged and i don't think it's true and i don't think it works for a lot of people but i think because of that you get into a relationship with these expectations or personally i've got into relationships with expectations and jealousy issues that i have to try yeah. and overcome and all these damaging thoughts towards each other and it doesn't feel nice and then you come out the other end of it feeling like well that wasn't the one there must be another one yeah. out there you know and it's like Fuck, I love a lot of people, man, and that's that's and, that's okay. And you see it online a lot as well when they go, you know, don't bring the baggage from your last relationship into your new relationship, right? And I think that, okay, yeah. that makes complete sense because they're a new person, they're fresh potential, it's a blank sure. canvas, do you know what I mean? But yeah. also, it must be very difficult for someone who's been cheated on to come into yeah, a, a into a thing um and that yeah. not color the situation the baggage is yeah. real man the baggage is friggin real and i think i think rather than try and leave it at the door it's better to just 
show the other person what you got. <laughs> Say, hey, this this has happened to me before, and sometimes I feel insecure about that, and sometimes I feel, you know, upset and jealous about that, and that's not a comment on you, and I hope you can handle that because that's that's who I am, and it's something I'm working on. But I'm not gonna pretend it's not there. Or you know, maybe it's something to work on outside of relationships. I think that's the other side to this is that, like I'm saying, you don't you you shouldn't define yourself by a relationship. You shouldn't find completion by finding that special someone you know i don't i don't i don't buy that really just crazy but um yeah okay let's move on the seek the sequel part two this is called oh no wait 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 no stop before we do that the last line of inky heart i love it Mm. and i love the honesty in it thanks man i almost listened to that song just for that section because i think it's i think there's there's something very special about that section just explain to me just tell the tell the listener the line and just talk about that. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to be surrounded by a love that isn't there. And I didn't mean to disrespect you. It's just that I'm scared. Um, yeah, I think that. I think that, that's it, man. It's like you know, if you're not surrounded by that love, it's easy to fucking be looking for something for yeah. anything, and it's easy to act maybe not callously but short-sightedly and go like, you, you're the one, and I'm all into this. I'm all into this, even though secretly. You're not. You're just looking for some kind of recognition, and that's the that's the disrespect I'm talking about. I think you know there's there's a lot of a lot of women in my life that I've thought, yes, 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 I'm here for you. I'm here for you, and then I'm going to make this work. And then it's like actually I'm not there. I'm not able to be there. And I don't mean that as a disrespect to you. It's just I'm trying to work on my shit. Mm. And I'm scared of it, basically. <laughs> that's the line. And I love that line that says it, that no one's going to act like I'm there. And the way I interpreted it was was like that was the the ego, you know. The, Do you know what? It's actually it was actually no one's going to act like I'm theirs. Oh, like, I think I was looking to belong to someone. No one's going to act like I'm theirs. What is it? Or ever have my back? And it's rare, but it's hot. Yeah, something like that. But that was that line there. It was like no one's going to act like I belong to them, and that's what I want. But that's not really what I want. That's just what you tell yourself you want in the moment. Well, that's a misheard lyric on my part. So maybe Harry will have to cut that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, keep it. In we're there. moving on to hospitality. <laughs> no, no, we're moving on to the sequel part two. Sorry. Yeah, the sequel part two. So that was a song similar to words where I was just finding a lot of frustration in my life about the way I was communicating or was unable to communicate. And to the point of, you know, th- thankfully I don't feel like this so much anymore. I feel a lot more able to understand my my negative emotions and my dips. And I feel able to go like, okay, I'm going through some depression now. That's fine. See you in a few days, everyone. You know, whereas before it was like, fucking hell, what is this? what is this crushing feeling and why am I having it? I must be broken. I must be wrong, Mm. you know? And it's like, you're not wrong for feeling sad. You're not wrong for feeling anything. I experienced that a lot. And I think what I found more than anything was I was getting to this place of like intense frustration with myself and intense frustration with my own emotions. That song is basically, a lot of it is about this character, you know, in the mirror and you're looking at this guy and being like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Because you're not a man and you're not, you're not doing it the way that you're supposed to do it. And that was the feeling I was having, you know, I hated myself, man. And I think, I think that's something that a lot of people have been through when they feel absolute shit is that it, it, it compounds because you feel shit and then you feel angry at yourself for feeling shit, you know, and then you feel shit that you're angry (laughs) and then you feel angry at yourself that you're shit, you know, and it's like, it just goes round and round and it's, it's so frustrating and you sort of look at yourself like a stranger and think like, this isn't how I want to be, but I don't see any way out of it. 
so that's that that's that song you know that's that line who am i it's just like like how how can you be at ease with yourself when you're afraid of some of your emotions i think i think that's where i was at when i was writing that okay what's that line from rupaul you know how can you love what is it rupaul's drag race like how are you gonna love somebody else you don't love yourself (laughs) i mean a fucking men sis that is that's so true you know that is true i don't even think you need to love yourself i think you just need to be content with the fact that sometimes you will and sometimes you won't but if you get to the place where you don't and you're angry about that and you're pissed off about that then there's that's, that's going to be a real hard climb to get out of that hole track seven my turn yeah my turn well hospitality oh sorry track six hospitality it's because i went back on inky heart it's thrown me out you went back on yourself like yeah fair enough mate it's a fucking it banger. <laughs> hospitality actually i actually wrote hospitality for our previous album i wrote it for 100 years of bin bag wisdom but when we came to record it just wasn't quite in that place you know and like i was saying earlier we had rue lima with us on this project and he was able to take things to a whole new level but at the time in our first project it was very much diy it was the four of us and a couple of really good mates that had a home studio and we recorded everything at theirs apart from the drums which we recorded in the live room at uh, bim in bristol although bim don't actually know about that so thanks bim for not knowing that we used your room after hours anyway <laughs> but with this song this song hospitality it wasn't it wasn't ready you know it wasn't it wasn't good enough in my opinion so we held on to it so it's been around for four years maybe and that was a track i wrote when i was i washed i worked in kitchens and i washed dishes for a long time before i got into carpentry and and then eventually did the plastics manufacturing and then but i work as a furniture maker now but when i when i started doing jobs as an adult it was in kitchens and it was fucking washing dishes for minimum wage man and it was like yeah it's that it's the same thoughts and feelings from from mario really it's just this thought of why am i why am i doing this shit basically yeah why are we all doing this shit man it's like you know i respect i respect people that work in kitchens to the utmost degree and people that wash dishes as well like fucking good on you mate but to to feel like you're worthless and shit because of that, because you're getting minimum wage, because you're getting shouted at, because people look down on you, there's 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 a broken system there. If you want to eat out at a restaurant, you best understand that the people that cook the food and clean your plate are as valuable as you are, mate. <laughs> you know? Yeah. That's the way I always sort of see it. That's kind of why I do this, and I've been doing music and stuff, it, it, is that you realise that you spend the best hours of the best days, the best years of your life working after the age of sort of 16. Mm. I know some people, I know there's old people out there that go, I was working when I was 12. (laughs) I feel sorry. But um, (laughs) eight years old, I was in the mines. Uh, But, but generally sort of 16 onwards. And I think, Mm. God, you like, it's almost like this, this rush, this desperate scraping rush to get out of that and do something that you feel yeah. is like I'm oh, I'm living my life my one life um yeah uh, yeah yeah totally know, I don't want to spend yeah. yeah those that time of yeah. the best I mean but the, my best year is almost behind me now it's a joke no. yeah well they are yeah. mate they are look at you <laughs> <laughs> look at us both man it's <laughs> not what we said earlier um <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, no, apparently it starts at 30, but you know, I've got a couple years till then, so. I look forward to it. I look forward yeah. to it. Yeah. 
<laughs> okay, right. We're finally on to my turn. Yes. My turn was a track I wrote. I mean, it's all, it's all, like I say, it's all very thematic about, about the things I've talked about. And my turn was a song I wrote about this feeling. We've been in industry for, what, 10 years, you know, playing gigs and traveling around and booking our own gigs, promoting our own gigs, releasing our own albums, recording our own albums, all of this stuff where it's just, it's an industry I don't understand, you know. And even though we were at college together to learn how it works, like I said, I was pretty, I was pretty elsewhere mentally in those years, and here I am at 29, still doing it and releasing things that I'm really proud of and I really care about, and we have a load of loyal fans, and you know I feel fucking good about it, man. But same time, I don't have a clue. Like I know how to write songs, that's what I know how to do, and the rest of it you make up as you go along. And I think I, I wrote this song when I was just feeling. I was just feeling frustrated. I was just feeling like, what is the, when does it get, when does it feel like I'm doing it? (laughs) When's someone going to go like, hey mate, you're good. Like, do you want a manager? Do you want to go on a label? You know, and it's like, these are things that we've never even looked for. We never even sent our albums to labels or management. And for ages, we staunchly were like, no, we don't want that. We want to do it ourselves. I don't want to turn this into a career, into a job. I just want to have fun. But now it's like, actually, I've got, I've got too many things to say and too many songs to release to keep every single album taking three or four years to do because we're all working full time on the side of it, you know. So that's what my turn was, really. It was like, when's someone going to come and give me the leg up that I so desperately need? Yeah, because <laughs> they say it's not what you know, it's who you know. But that, that I mean, and it is. But it, yeah. you have to know how how to manoeuvre around this sure, this industry yeah, yeah. and 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 how to maneuver around some people and that's that that's going to sound sort of like sociopathic but you have to but you <laughs> but, but we let's you know let's be honest yeah you you create alliances and you and you form that that's what networking is it's just figuring out who's important to your trajectory and bringing them into your circle or trying yeah and i mean i think it's such a conflicting ideal as well because, and i think that's part of the song as well it just feels like you know, there's a there's a line about like like me and subscribe to all the fuckery, and it's like I don't define me, refine me, and accept me when I'm whiny. Price me up and package me and buy me. It was like all of these ideas of like, here's how I can promote myself. Please, someone come and manage me. Please, someone come and release my album. It's like I hate that feeling. Mm. I hate the feeling of like, if I want to do this art, then I need to be marketable and I need to be business savvy. But at the same time, I want to do the art. So it's, there's a there's a conflict of emotions there that I, I don't really know how to navigate. I guess I just keep experiencing it and seeing how it feels. And you said something else that I thought was interesting is when you said like, oh, are we doing it yet? Which is like, you know, you've just released yeah. this album. It's great. Yeah. I've checked the streams today and the streams from two or three days ago to now have leaped up because when I was first listening to the album recently, Inky Heart was below a thousand streams. I don't know what it will be when by the time this comes out. Um but now it's jumped, it's health, you know, I was like, why is that not had a thousand streams? Yeah. So it's get you know, it's getting there, momentum is building. But I've had this It's doing good, yeah. I've had the same situation. You know, I've I've toured with the Dead Kennedys, I've I've drummed for um multi platinum uh artists in the studio. I've done America. And it's great, but you always look at the next thing. And then Yeah, totally, man. And then this totally. year I realized when Corona, like last year as well, when Corona came along, I sort of sat there and I went, Did mm. I? Did I enjoy it as much as I could have? Like, did I take it in in the moment? Because maybe that was it. 
you know, and not, not to say that it's over, but that is the thing you're waiting for, you know, like you come off stage from a really good gig or you come out the studio after a really good recording session. It's like, that is the job. That is the thing that I wanted to do. So how did that feel? Because there's always part of you that's like, okay, that was good. Now, as long as we can carry on that momentum, as long as we can market this, then we'll get to, we'll get to X, you know? And it's like, but what, what is that? What does that look like to you as an individual? How does that feel? And I think it's not going to feel any different anywhere that you get. It's just like your perspective on it. And it's like, are you satisfied with what you're doing? Are you satisfied by the art you're putting out? And if so, who cares who hears it? Who cares how much money it makes? That's for your soul. That's what. That's why you do it, right? Like you play drums because it speaks to you and because it, and, and you play the music you play because you're passionate about it and you enjoy doing it, I presume. Yeah. So what's the... What's the harm in doing that for an audience of zero and for absolutely zero money? You know, as long as you're surviving, as long as you're living your life. It's moments like that just that make you question your own motivation. Yeah, sure. Is it is it the validation thing again? Like, are we all literally just doing this so people go like, yes, we see you and you're cool. Don't worry, we like the way that you are. It's like, is that why I'm doing this? Because I don't think it is, but I certainly enjoy that feeling as well. And, and is there a sort of and is this is this in a very strange loose way us trying to deal with death are we trying to leave as much of ourselves behind oh, so that mate. we don't actually really die Andy Andy <laughs> writers never die writers never die uh, <laughs> but you know what I mean do you yes, want to be do you is want the be, answer yeah. yes Andy I'm trying to find immortality through my fucking crud music <laughs> <laughs> But do you know what I mean? You, you, we, we've grown up with, look, with pictures of the Beatles in magazines and John Lennon mm. and, and, and iconography, and you think, wow, like, like they were here and people knew about it. And we, and we knew that they were here. They didn't go away yeah. quietly. They didn't fade into the background. And for, for me, I think there's a part of that is like, a part of that is appealing. It's just you kind of, you get a bit of extra weird life after. You want... Yeah. I don't know, you just want what you've done here. I I just want to communicate, I think. I think I want to communicate more than anything. I want to understand how I'm feeling and I want to share that with people because I think it's useful. Yeah. You know, part of part of the experience for me is sharing what I'm feeling with people and I think if that can connect with loads of people, I'll probably feel pretty fucking good about that. Yeah. You know, but at the same time I've played some shows that just, you know, they're incredible. It feels amazing to have like a room full of people like singing your lyrics back at you. Yeah. Is that it? Is that when I've made it? Because that felt fucking good, man. You know? Yeah. I, I, I had that, um, I had that experience all, all over America. I was like, what? How, how do you know the lyrics mm. to this shit? Yeah. Like, and, and that yes, was, mate. and that was cool. But you tell you what, I'd forgotten about it until I was reminiscing recently because there's nothing mm. else to do it's strange the things yeah. that you dream about you think about <laughs> just an old man with his memories right but it, that's what i felt like a bit last year when <laughs> when the music industry went away it's like you get to reflect a little bit yeah but i realized that there's all these things that like 14 year old me would have been like absolutely ecstatic about i've yeah. ticked so many yeah. things um and so many of those have happened i've sort of mentally ticked them up and then i've forgotten that they've happened and I and I won and, I, and that annoys me a bit. But then also that's part of the focus because you want to go forwards, ever backwards, never in some ways. Sure, yeah. 
I mean, the thing is, man, you're still going to wake up in the morning and need a shit every single day, you know? Like, <laughs> life isn't going to change drastically. Like, that is just the way that it is. And, and sure, you can, you can streamline your approaches to your passions in life and you can feel like you're doing things bigger and bigger. I think you can, you can always feel like you're growing whatever you do. But if you're looking for something, whatever it is, chances are you're going to be disheartened yeah. when you get it because <laughs> you're still going to have the feeling we're on the last track of the album right now Co Bella no no how do I say this Ciao Bella Ciao Bella <laughs> <laughs> uh, do you want to say that again it's, it's up to you if you want to so yeah we're at the last track of the album no, no screw it keep it in mate it's fine <laughs> yeah Co Bella is just about um... Ciao Bella <laughs> <laughs> Ciao Bella was a song I wrote um, after my last serious relationship ended. After this long relationship that I had through my twenties, you know, it was I've said I've said before, but it was a hard it was a hard time mentally for me and emotionally for me through that relationship, especially at the end of that relationship, because I wasn't doing a lot of looking inwards and understand or trying to understand why I felt the way I felt or trying to learn to communicate. I was just I was still in that headspace of like. Yeah, no, that's cool. Ignore that. Don't need to talk about that. That's fine. We'll work on it tomorrow, you know. And eventually it was the demise of the relationship, I think, or, you know, part of it. People change, whatever. But a lot of that, I think, was my inability to um, communicate and my inability to to make any positive change to the negative things I had in my life. And um, I came out of that relationship and was... Like, I was in in pieces, obviously, and I, I didn't know who I was and I didn't know what I was doing. But... Something that I found therapeutic, and I d- and I didn't have the best speaking relationship with my ex at the time. You know, we didn't, we weren't communicating that much. We weren't really able to because we were friends for so long before we were in the relationship. Um, so this whole new definition of what our relationship was now didn't really make sense, and we weren't able to communicate that well. But I wanted to communicate to her that it's cool, you know, and I'm glad. I'm glad that you broke up with me and I'm glad that we went through that situation together and I'm glad that you've moved on to this new part of your life because that's what we do. That's what you have to do, you know? So it's just it's just a farewell to my old love. I think that song, it's just a way of me saying like, good on you, love. Crack on with it. Yeah, and, and again, that's a, sign of, that's a sign of growth and, and your, sure. your ongoing journey to sort of better yourself. And yeah, I'm huge emotionally. <laughs> <laughs> but I had a moment like that um, with uh, with the the woman girl, uh, when she was a girl back then, but a woman now <laughs> that I was in that four year relationship with uh, uh, just before I went away to um, America, and it was this thing of like, hey, we haven't spoken for a while. Mm. And it may have been a bit weird when this ended, but things have changed and we've grown up yeah. and stuff. And I wanted to thank you for for this encouragement, this stuff, because there was a lot of stuff in college with this particular girl that she really helped me with the written work. And I don't think I would have made it all the way through that and still be drumming if she hadn't sat with yeah. me and been like, okay, stay on task, Andy. Come on, Mr. ADHD. Come on, you got this. <laughs> you know? And, and, and I just felt yeah. compelled the night before we flew out to just... just hit her up and say hey you know show thanks thank you very much for that and i hope you're doing really well with your life and i'm not coming back into it but i'm just saying i appreciate you i I think it's so easy to uh come out of a relationship you know nearly always 
it's painful. Mm. It's, it's, you know, 99% of the time it's a painful way to end any kind of romantic relationship, especially one that's so important to you. And therefore it's easy to move away from it without really giving credit to that person and saying, hey, like, you know, I, maybe I didn't handle certain things that well. Maybe you didn't as well. Hopefully we're both going to grow. But the things that you did handle well, I still appreciate. And the things, you know, the person you are, I still appreciate that person and I still care about that person. I want that person to do well and be okay. And I think it's so hard to say that, you know, pick up the phone and go, hey, I know that last time we spoke, we argued, but you're fucking great. And like, I'm glad that you're doing the things you're doing. And I'm glad that we had a relationship and I'm glad that we broke up and I'm glad that we're moving forwards in our lives, you know, and, and you don't, yeah, you don't get the opportunity to say that that often. So Mm. lucky for me, I've got a platform to uh, really agonize over how to say it coolly (laughs) (laughs) and record it (laughs) and put it on vinyl. This is sort of like your, your, um, your, uh, what's that film when the guy shows up with the, the boom box under her window with Peter yes, Gabriel that on. film from the 80s. Uh, I, don't, I don't know what it is, but well, I do know the reference. Although you're not trying to get the girl back, but it's, it's it, the, no. the sentiment is there. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. It's just, I think, I think it's important to pay tribute to people in your life after you've fallen out with them, basically. It's important to, it's important to move away from people, you know, and, to, and relationships that aren't working, friendships that aren't working. You don't want to hold on to that shit. Like, life is too short. Yeah. But at the same time, you don't want to move away and hold that grudge. Because that's, that's just on you. And may, maybe you don't need to express it to the other person. Maybe you just can release it in your own way. But personally, I felt compelled to try and get across, hey, you're doing it and I'm, and I'm proud and, you know, I'm, I wish the best for you, basically. And I think it, 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 it's an exercise in vulnerability because you, you put yourself out there with a real honest piece of yourself, of your heart, let's say. Yeah. And they can turn around and go, well, last time we spoke, you said this and that. And, so, you know, f- fuck off, mate. Jog on. Like, what are you doing? Crawling back. I mean, it's like, you could be <laughs> like, well, that didn't work. So that, it takes, yeah. a, a, you, it's a leap of faith. And you have to just hope that if you do do this with someone, that they, they've got enough inner strength and maturity to, to recognize what you're doing and say, Oh hey, okay. I, this is a strange new experience for me, but sure, yeah. You hope they take it in the right in the right light and don't yeah. don't see it as you know. I'm not trying to. Uh, I, I would never use that kind of opportunity to blame someone else or to. Or I hope I wouldn't anyone that I cared about or to excuse any of the actions I did that yeah. that have led to any kind of uncomfortable situation. But it's just an opportunity to say, like, you know, I, I see you and I like you and good luck <laughs> yeah and it feels it feels good when i did that that thing with my with my story um i did i felt like i'd let go of something that had been sort of absolutely cl- clinging man. on somewhere inside it's of me part of the healing process yeah and and it wasn't a, about love or pain it was just about you'd put a pin in it in a in in, in a good place and it was like no matter what happens now as long as you preserve that pin in that spot, then there's some, there's some peace there and some gratitude. And yeah, I mean, I think it's great. And and also the other thing is like, it's really hard not to, because you don't want to come across like you're rubbing it in or you're being sly. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, I'm going to go and achieve this monumental dream here. And I just wanted to thank you for, for this. And what it has to be sincere. Yeah, totally. Like you, you don't want part of your healing process to be 
detrimental to someone else's healing process. <laughs> yeah. That's quite important. But um, yeah, it's, I mean, it's just it's just communication at the end of the day. It all boils down to that, I think. And it's just however you can get it across, get it across. Yeah. Amazing. So that's Crud Life summed up. Crud Life. Summarized. 2021. Um, I'm going to listen to the album again with a, with a new light. Yeah, great. Um, fantastic. That's out now. Uh, well, that will be on vinyl probably by the time this comes out, right? Yeah, well, I, m- maybe not. So the way we're doing this at the moment, obviously, it's, like I've said before, it's DIY and it's, we're unsigned and um, we don't have any money because there weren't any gigs last year. <laughs> <laughs> so we, uh, we've, we've done a vinyl crowdfunder, but we didn't want to do it through a crowdfunding website. So we've basically just done pre-sales on our bank camp. Mm-hmm and to we just we just need to hit uh a certain amount of pre-sales and then we've covered the cost so then we'll 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 hit print and to be honest man the response has been like phenomenal and we're basically we're we're basically at the target now and way quicker than we expected it's been it's only been out for two weeks three weeks and we've raised the yeah three weeks and we've raised the like you know fifteen hundred quid that we need to print it basically in its yeah. entirety. So it's like it's a really nice feeling to have that response from your fans to go like, yeah, you need money to do a thing. Cool, we want to help you. Let's let's do it now, and we'll do it on faith. But there's still a two month turnaround when we hit when we hit print. So right. we'll see. But it should be out. The plan was to have it out around the start of March. Okay, we'll see how we'll see how that goes. Maybe yeah. maybe more like the middle of March. But yeah, if you're if you're interested, anyone that's listening, obviously it's still for sale after the pre-orders are done. Um, just head to our band camp and grab it from there. It's got some real nice artwork by um, Chris Lamborn, art but not really. And uh, yeah, it's it's um, it's someone I'm super proud of, and I want to share with the world for money. For money, of course. <laughs> Exposure isn't pay. <laughs> Big thank you to this week's guest, Jake Blackmore, a.k.a. MC Binbags from Binbag Wisdom. Their new album, Crud Life, is exceptional and it is out now. Head to their YouTube channel and check out some of their music videos. Head to their Bandcamp and pre-order yourself a vinyl copy of the album. Head to Spotify, Apple Music, wherever you get your music and stream it. We will leave links to that in the show notes description box. We will also leave links to his other band, Mama Jerk and the Lady Fingers, because they are great as well. Please like, subscribe and leave us a review on the podcast platform of your choosing. That really helps us. And please tell a friend. Tell a friend. That really helps. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter. It is at the giant pod. You can follow me on Instagram at Andy underscore S1S. This podcast was produced by the eternal Harry Williams. We will see you next week on the giant pod. Thank you so much. See you next week. <laughs>